Hi, this is Bob, and today I have an interview with Vorbit. Vorbit is a progressive thrash metal band that was formed in 2013. This band has released A Swan by the Edge of Medalla, an album that from start to finish is one you'll be playing again and again. And here is my interview with Vorbid. Hello, my friend. Hey. How you doing? I'm fine. Just waiting for uh, Daniel to also join the call. Excellent. So where are you right now? I'm in Maslin, Ohio. Ohio, okay. So what time is it right now? It's like three or? Yes, it's a mid till three. Yeah. Here it's eight o'clock and dark outside. <laughs> <laughs> How is the weather there? The weather is, uh, it's getting colder and it's pretty wet right now. The leaves are turning orange and, you know, the typical sort of autumn weather, I guess. Yes, we're enjoying the same. It's a, we have uh, stayed in the 60s, but not much higher. Yeah, I'm not so uh, familiar with Fahrenheit, so I'm not, I don't know what that translates to Celsius, but. Hello. Hello, Hello I can hear you, you can hear me, that's good. Absolutely. That's a start, at least. It's a start. I wanted to thank you both for taking time to speak with me today. No problem. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's a pleasure. I wanted to ask you how the recording process go for this album. Uh, how the process was pretty, uh, like like we've always done it with. Uh, just that this time we went with another producer, but the process was pretty much the same. Uh, do you mean like... Uh, Did you have uh, most of your material together? Yeah, all of the material was together uh, before we entered the studio. Pretty much, I think. Maybe some lyrics had to be... Yeah, uh, I think there was like, some uh, lyrics that was... Uh some small portions of the lyrics but um other than that and maybe a, a solo or two but um the arrangements were there and the riffs of course so yeah i wanted to ask if you could speak on the song paradigm like uh, yeah. lyrically or musically or uh both it's a both. amazing track well, uh, uh, I can start. We probably have uh, different versions of it. Uh, it's one of the early songs, or it was one of the last ones that we actually um, completed. But there were a lot of riffs on that song that were, that's really old. And it start with, started with um, the verse riff. We just jammed around on that. And that, then... Um, yeah, that's a long time ago, actually. Yeah, uh, that was kind of the start of it. And then Michael and Marcus, the drummer, had been jamming on the chorus and some other riffs. 
and um, <clears throat> we came up with a complete version about maybe two years ago. But uh, we had some um, uh, some creative differences on it, so it was like uh, a month before we went into the studio or something. We just uh, added like changed 40% of the whole song. Um, it was like a bridge section that we, like we had finished it, but none of us were really like proud of it or thought it was something, or we didn't thought it was special enough or we didn't think it was good enough. So that was less Daniel said, uh, rewritten and, and finished right before we hit the studio. And, and it was one of those songs that we really didn't know how it would turn out because um, one of the things that makes that song um, stand out is the way the um, vocal harmonies on the verse, um, it just creates a different kind of sound than the rest of the album. And we didn't have uh, a good idea of how we would do that before we went into the studio. So we didn't really know what kind of direction that song would take. Yeah, I feel I feel the same way, and it's and it's also different in terms of it. It has, of course, some technical parts, but most of the riffs are. I feel like the the, the main part of the song or the first part of the song is more like uh, more groove oriented, which is something that we normally don't do. I think, mm. if that makes sense. I don't know if you sure. feel the same, Daniel. Yeah, it, it it's it's um, a different kind of a groove uh, than we usually. Uh, focus on and um, yeah it, it's probably it's the song that uh, changed the most in the studio mm -hmm. because uh, it's yeah. also like it's, it's also like how like the, the chorusing of the guitars and some clean guitars here and there and less down said the vocal so it's it, it quickly turned from being one of my like oh i don't know about this song to being like one of my favorite songs of the record so that's that's cool i guess yeah it went from being my least favorite to be the favorite uh... <laughs> yeah it's my favorite track as well nice. and another one of my favorites is echo Tone. yeah that, that was sort of like um, we had pretty much uh, finished the whole record and we had a pretty good like the ending of the record was really strong, but we didn't have a big like an intro track. So I was like, OK, we need another song. So I basically wrote that in a couple of days, but it's it's mostly based off a lot of uh, other riffs on the record, so it's, yes. it's not like an it's not like an overture or something like that, but it's sort of in that way. Um, of course, with some new riffs here and there towards the end, but it was pretty much oh shit, we need a new song, and then I just had a plethora of other songs to just take from to introduce the record. So I can't, I can't, I, I can't feel like I can't say that it's my song. It's it's me arranging from a lot of material that's already written i guess i want to ask as far as lyrics um what are your inspirations lyrically um well it's kind of um with music it's good to have inspirations because we write music all the time and we're um pretty adept at using inspirations as an inspiration and not 
a copying template. But uh, as for writing lyrics, uh, we don't really do that that often. I don't sit around writing poetry all the time. So taking inspiration is harder because if I have something that I'm inspired by that I turn just, um, I end up just copying it. And uh, so- with l Lyrically or? Yeah, lyrically. Yeah. Like uh, I listened to um, uh, like the only album I, I um, listened to throughout 2020 was Lamb Lies Down on Broadway by Genesis. Mm -hmm. and uh, we, which got a very profound and large concept and I wrote like three or four drafts for this uh, concept album and every one of them just turned out to be a copy of those so I just have to scrap them so uh, I'm like subconsciously um, inspired by those kind of 70s prog uh, pretentious um, mind um psychology concepts but um but i don't know as far as the stories story goes it's um not really inspired by anything it's, it's just um the way it's uh, phrased and uh told is really inspired it, by those albums i also feel like it's sort of um how you think and and felt probably at the time just put into a story that's kind of how i have seen it uh as it has as i sort of uh, uh, read the lyrics more yeah definitely um, and, and i and i when we when we started the process of like okay we have a lot of songs maybe we're gonna turn this into a <coughs> a concert record i was pretty uh, quick out of gate and was like, Daniel, you write the lyrics. You're the best lyricist. We need one guy to do everything so it's a cohesive piece of work and not just three guys making some sort of half-assed story. So that was kind of a nice thing for me to just not think of lyrics for this for this album. Yeah, I think it's a very strong album, not only lyrically, but musically. It's very, very strong. And we had like... We had like, uh, because at the end of 2018, we, we ended that year with uh, a tour supporting the Mind record. And when we came into 2019, I think we were pretty exhausted uh, after three, three, four years of pretty much uh, hard working. And we were pretty young as well. Uh, so when we were like, okay, it's 2020 now, we feel inspired, let's go make uh, write a new record and then everything shuts down so we had a long time making this record i think that shows as well that we've had some more time with just uh, just about anything uh, on the record sure. like songs and arrangements and riffs and lyrics and vocals and inspirations yeah i also wanted to ask if you could speak on the album artwork and the artist that was involved <laughs> Yeah, we had a lot of uh, back and forth with um, different artists that we wanted to use. Uh, and we really didn't know what kind of um, um, motif St we wanted. Or, or style, I guess. Or style, yeah. Uh, so we were kind of, uh, we didn't have any idea. And even though we had the concept and the story, uh, we wanted something like the Pink Floyd concept albums, or I wanted something like that, where... 
you don't have a particular scene from the story or anything. You just have an abstract uh, version of the themes. But that's kind of hard to imagine. And uh, I just, I think Michael as well did it. Uh, we just uh, browsed on um, Instagram for different um, uh, artists that wasn't that known or expensive. <laughs> and, uh, and but that was, and, but, but who was also a good painter. That was yeah, sort of, of course, the number of one course. criteria. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or we would have made it ourselves. But um, I, I found this. I don't know if, if if it was me or you, founder. But uh, we found this. I think uh, it was you. Um, she uh, she's from Poland, but I think she lives in London or, or something. And she makes these great abstract. Um, but uh, they're they're abstract. Uh, it's an abstract style, but it's figurative as well so it's it's mm -hmm. not just lines and shit it's detailed uh so it was it was the exact thing that i wanted just i didn't know it until i saw her style and um and i think and, there was one painting that you sort of clicked on i was like that's pretty cool i want that yeah. kind of direction i, I can't uh, remember the name of it though I think it was bliss or something she did a painting named uh, i think it was bliss and uh and I just got inspired by that and just tried to put it into the story in my head and see if it would work. And it was the perfect painting. So we just said, can you make this kind of painting, but with these and these um, alterations and details so it, was, it would fit the concept? And... Um, mm -hmm because we just loved her style and so if anything the inspiration from the inspiration for the artwork was her style yeah. and she was just a missing link for that uh yeah album and we all and i, I, I we also felt that we needed um an album cover that sort of stood out in terms of colors because there's a lot of metal bands uh out there trying to be dark and mysterious and, and stuff like that but and we're more like you know it's <laughs> it's a it's a nice contrast to the music because our music is pretty heavy sometimes but it's also dynamic and and, 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 all, and all of that all together so we just wanted an album cover that stood out from everything else because it's a pretty bright album cover like almost almost the same way as like death used the uh, pink colors and leprosy you know it's it's, mm -hmm. it's sort of that thing that stands out from everything else uh that's uh around it in the record stores or whatever you know i thought uh, i think we had that kind of mentality as well we wanted it to stand out yeah sure. we, we wanted it to be uh it, it, as it, the album cover could be an art piece of itself it could stand yeah. on itself, but it still had to have um, ties to the album, obviously. Mm. Right. I also wanted to ask, what can fans look for next? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we don't know what to look for next. I mean, like, we... <coughs> it's so weird when you spend so much time working on a record and s suddenly it's out and you feel like excited and, and also like pretty empty and like okay what what do we do now like uh so I don't, i'm not sure when we're 
I'm not sure when we're going to release new music. That that's another story. But for now, we're just going to try and get out and and, and uh, promote the record and uh, play more gigs and you know just start up after two years of pretty much non-existent. Uh, like uh, not, 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 uh, not, no gigs basically and stuff like that I think the only thing that we know is it's not going to take four years for another album um, unless COVID 2.0 happens or anything or uh, World War 3 for that matter yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, speaking of the road I wanted to ask you if you guys had any funny road stories you could share with me? <laughs> I uh, I have one that I think is pretty like it's, it's just so. Uh, Marcus, our drummer, is just like he's a very goofy guy, and he <laughs> he he's he's just the sweetest guy, and he's very kind and stuff. But like bad stuff happens to him all the time for some reason. And we were that was when we toured with. Uh, public duration and uh, or noir through europe and we went to this gas station and um uh he had probably uh, smoked some funny cigarettes or whatever and drank a couple of beers and we went to the to the this gas station and of course being uh norwegians it's always cool to see gas stations who has beer and liquor and stuff mm. of course marcus he goes for a six pack of beer with only glass balls and of course he drops it uh, in the middle of the gas station, everybody cool. looks around, and uh, there, there comes this lady. I don't know if she, if she was the manager or uh, or like a, a janitor or something, but she yelled at him in some German language, and he was like, "What do I do now, guys?" And we were just standing there <laughs> looking at him. That's probably the most rock and roll yet, I guess. What about when he um, thought that the wardrobe was a toilet? Hmm? I don't remember that. <laughs> uh, no, uh, it was uh, Marcus, our drummer. He's the sweetest guy, but uh, no, just he was uh, it was the first day of that road, uh, that tour, and uh, we were uh, so green because we have never been on a on an actual tour, and uh, we're tour bus uh, for that matter, or a tour bus, or. Uh, anything so we thought that well we got to be uh totally shit-faced uh every day that we can handle that right uh, so uh we got uh totally shit-faced i think we tried to go through the whole um bar uh whatever but uh the point is uh i think he 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 couldn't find the toilet, or he thought he was at the toilet. No, he, I remember now. He asked uh, <laughs> he asked some of the guys in obliteration or something, and he was like, "Where's the toilet?" I think uh, the guitar player was like, "It's in there, just to uh, kid with him, you know." And Marcus, of course, uh, he believed. <laughs> I, I think it was actually in the mer with the merch stand. Yeah. <laughs> he pissed on the merch. <laughs> not like not like on the merch, but just like in front of the merch stand. Oh, yeah, I, okay. And I, I think some of the some of the other guys looked at him was like, "Fuck, man, you're the boss. You don't give a fuck." <laughs> yeah, thinking it was rock and roll, it was just shit faced out of his mind. But it was. <laughs> I, I like how he asked for uh, for a tour stories, so and we just throw Marcus under the bus. Yeah, when he's not even here. But... <laughs> 
style. Oh, uh, we had, we had, we had. Um, uh, I remember me. I don't. Were you there, Daniel? When we tried to, it was on the same tour. We were, we were at this hotel in Berlin, and uh, I don't know if you were there, but it was me and Marcus, and we went to this hotel that. Um, yeah that the prom- promoters had booked for us or something so that we could shower and stuff like that. And me and Marcus oh. come to this hotel and the, and the lady and the reception, she didn't speak English. And we were trying to book us into this room or check into this room. And she didn't, didn't understand English at all. Yeah, and then finally, <laughs> and then finally when she understand what we meant, she went in and opened the door and there was Kalle, uh, <laughs> the, the vocalist Morganar, he was sleeping there, and then she got even more confused, and it was just like a weird situation. It was getting lost in <laughs> translation is pretty normal when you're on tour, but we were there for like a solid two hours <laughs> trying yeah. to speak Norwegian and German and English and fucking Mandarin to her, and she just wouldn't. She just persisted on speaking German and asking us the same question in the same fucking language, like two hours. And, 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 and Marcus was, uh, <laughs> he was our spokesperson for some reason. Yeah, that was a great idea. You do the talking, you know, German. And, uh, and, uh, but yeah. in her defense, she tried really hard, though, to understand what went. And eventually she did, but she just got more confused because she didn't know that we shared the room with the other bands, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not not a lot of uh, rock and roll stories and um, uh, groupies and uh, drugs and stuff, but uh, some hotels and pissing in the wardrobe. <laughs> Pretty much spinal tap, I guess. Yeah, more spinal tap than uh, Guns N' Roses. I also wanted to ask, how did you guys get together? That's a good story, I guess. Um, I, I I was pretty young when I started the band. I was probably like 14 or something. Uh, and I played drums in a couple of bands and and uh, primarily being a guitar player, I, I wanted to play guitar, but none of the bands in the local area played like thrash metal, which was, which was what I was pretty much into at that age. Um, but then I met Marcus and uh, we went to like uh, ground school together, like uh, first and second and third and fourth grade. But then he moved away, uh, so I didn't see him uh, after some years. And then when I found out that he was into the same music as I was, um, uh, and he played drums, that was like the perfect pairing. Mm-hmm. So I asked if he would start a band with me, and he said yes. And then I got two other guys I knew to play guitar and bass, and that was pretty much the beginning. But uh, after the first six months or so, like me and Marcus just found found out that the other two guys didn't cut the chase they didn't do the job so we got rid of those guys and then daniel joined um and we met actually in another band me and daniel yeah yeah, because i played bass in uh in the first band that i've ever played and and michael played drums so Mm. i just thought that you were a very gifted um uh, like 10 year old drummer but uh, (laughs) one, one day we um we walked down to the bus and you told me about this band that you had and uh I didn't really hear anything uh, more about it until you called me a couple of months after. And um, you had. And I think that was after we kind of uh, found out that we both like Megadeth and. Yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. That. We, we had kind of poo pooed that old band by then. And you mm. called me and asked to be 
in uh, the band and that's that's it do you remember what song uh, we auditioned you with yeah it was inner self by um sepultura yeah or sepultra as i thought <laughs> um that was, that was pretty much the beginning like by 2014 that was the, that when the core of the band was there so me and marcus was like 15 and you were 19 I guess. <laughs> I was like 46. <laughs> you were 10. <laughs> it felt like that. Um, yeah, I've always had the, this uh, complex about being in bands with people younger than me. It uh, feels, uh, yeah. But uh, it was, uh, I, w- I was doubting it, doubting it at first because you sent me the only uh, recording of your band that you sent me uh, or you had was mm. kind of a competition thing that was being filmed and you played yeah that's right uh you played one of your own songs uh which which was not good at all no this was like 2014 or something and um and uh you you were still you were at that time a great guitarist but they had mixed you like jason used it on and just as for all they just because they were mad at you for some reason so I couldn't hear your guitar, and the other guitar was, was not that great. <laughs> so it was louder in me in the mix. It, it sounded really bad, but the only reason I joined was because, of course, I liked you as a person, and uh, you were playing in standard tuning. Uh, those were the two factors that uh, made me <laughs> yeah. stay, pretty much. And we had a, and we had a, a interest in Megadeth. Which I, I had never met anyone else other than Marcus, of course, who liked Megadeth in our town basically because at, at you know like 2013 2014 everybody was pretty much into like metalcore and, and those kind of bands and i fucking hated mm-hmm. that shit i was like this ain't this ain't for me like i needed I, i'm not saying that that music is not real music but it, it just didn't speak to me as a 13 year old who, who like you know fast stuff and solos and yeah you gotta speak for yourself because I hadn't really met anyone who listened to music. Uh, <laughs> it was all football and motorcycles uh, in my um, gangs, so uh, I was really happy to meet someone that uh, played metal. And I wanted to ask you each, uh, along your musical journey, for each of you, what was the best advice that you've been given along your way? Hmm. That's tough, actually. Um, I do remember, uh, like, th- this is pretty early in the in the in the band's history. We were we. It was pretty much like before we recorded our first EP, and uh, there was this guy called Hjete Lohus, who is the singer of uh, Green Carnation, and he we had like a meeting with him because he he used to work at this. Uh, like an organization organization to help like younger musicians to like get smart or at like the business and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I remember he he told us like the mentality you have to have as a band today is you have to wake up every day and think what can I do for my band today? Like what can I do to get my band forward and promoted and uh, you know get money and stuff like that. He had he said that you have to have that mentality, and that really stuck with me. Like man, we if we if we're gonna go somewhere, we gotta have to you know fucking work our asses off, even though we're seventeen and can't buy beer and stuff like that. So that stuck with me. 
uh, and that was pretty early. Yeah, that was some good advice. Remember that. I can't uh, come up with anything uh, better. But you have like you have an uncle, and you had a pretty good guitar teacher who had certainly given you a, an advice or two throughout the years, I guess. Yeah, um, but uh, it was more like uh, instrumental uh, advice. Um, um, my guitar teacher told me that uh, if you're just going to be going around playing solos, no one wanna, no one's going to hire you. And um, I can say that that was pretty good advice. And uh, when I teach uh, students myself, I uh, always tell them that. And timing and chord knowledge and uh, technique is the most important uh, stuff you can learn. But I can't really say that it's a... Um, it was advice that stuck with me because I really didn't really follow it at all. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, I followed it eventually, but it took me like seven years. <laughs> I wanted and, to ask you guys, how's the music scene in your area? Uh, I've moved to Oslo since, uh, uh, since like 2020, I moved to Oslo. So here's a pretty good music scene. I mean, like everybody who's, working in the in the industry is pretty much based around here mm -hmm. so there's a plethora of a lot of different you know like uh, clubs and, and 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 scenes that have a lot of cool different bands so i get i can just walk around and 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 suddenly be at like a jazz jam or being at like a rave or going to death metal show you know so i, I the, the music scene is also is pretty is pretty uh, alive and well and i guess that's how it is in norway when every other city other than oslo bergen and Trondheim is just like a small little town but of course you have some 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 smaller cities with with great history you know music musically but in also it's pretty good i think it depends a lot on um uh what's hip because uh, 10 years ago, the core thing was hip and there was a plethora of uh, bands uh, blossoming in Arndal. But uh, I, I still think that there's a lot of thrash bands and, and stuff around, but they might not just, um, they might not start a band or get out there because it's not just, it's not... Uh, hip enough i don't know i just feel like there's more bands out there that than you would think or you'd, you'd see at, at a show uh i see more and more and more young people wearing battle vests and stuff like that and it's like there's got to be more bands out there they're just not um formed yet or something like that so i hope for some kind of renaissance uh, soon this be, uh, speaking uh, of Arndal, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Arndal, small uh, southern um, uh, city, or not that where small, we're... but yeah, which is where we're from, basically. It's just really dry uh, compared to ten, five, ten years five ago. ten years ago. Yeah, it's yeah. like us and one other band. I also wanted to ask you guys, what's the best way to get merchandise? From us? Yes. <laughs> well, for the new record, uh, so far we have 
CDs and shirts and vinyl. The shirts you can only get from from us, so that you have to DM us or email us to to get that. And that and is the wanna... best way to do it. Yeah, e email and, us uh, or DM us. Yeah, and uh, you can of course order CDs from us if you want to that. And uh, vinyls are coming. Uh, we get vinyls in the start of December, I think. So you can order black vinyl directly from our label. Or if you want to order uh, a special edition, which is red uh, vinyl, you can order that directly from us. And you can only get that from us as well. So just Perfect. contact us, basically. The, the label doesn't get the vinyl any sooner than us, though. It's no. just that you can uh, pre-order. Mm. And lastly, I wanted to ask you guys, if you could give a message to your fans, what would that message be? To our Fans. To your fans. To your fans. Uh, I just want to thank everybody for sticking with us for like for the next next year. We we have our tenth year anniversary, uh, and uh, there are some people who stuck with us since the beginning, and uh, everybody who has come and gone and just supported Borbid in some way over the last ten years. I just want to thank them all. Like we wouldn't be here unless we had people who said Borbid is a pretty good band. You should check that out. You know. Yeah, me too. Just uh, anyone who listens to anything we've ever done, just uh, thank you for the support and uh, everything helps immensely. Mm. And I wanted to thank you guys for taking time to speak with me today. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. No problem. That was a pleasure. It's always good to talk to somebody, you know. Yeah, thank you. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your night. Thank you. And you have a great rest of your day. I guess it's afternoon, I guess. Yes, early <laughs> afternoon for me. Yeah. Maybe we'll speak soon again. Absolutely. Sometime. Yeah. All right. You guys take care and have a great rest of your night. You too. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'd like to thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can sponsor the podcast. Just click that button and you can be a member of the family. And remember, come see me for a fix.